This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Well, after our next interview, you'll uh, perhaps no longer think of libraries as large and stately buildings uh, housing extensive collections and bound by strict rules of lending. If you're out and about in Dunedin at the moment, you might just come across a library of a very different nature. Lilliput Libraries, as the name would suggest, are libraries on a very much smaller scale. Here to tell us more about it is Ruth Arneson. Good to have you with us, Ruth. Thanks for coming in. Good morning. Ruth, um, how would you describe Lilliput Libraries to someone who's never heard about them before? Um, they're little, as in Lilliput, means little libraries um, sitting on people's fence lines and people are welcome to walk on by, take a look and take a book. Um, if they're coming by another time, that would be nice if they brought that book or any other book back just as a replacement so they're kind of self, self-shelving. self Right. So they're free of charge. Free of charge. Don't need to see the books back again. Um, you can take as many books as you want. Um, and hopefully it'll be at a community thing where people will just keep replenishing it and I don't have to do too much restocking. Ruth, what can you tell us about the origins of this idea? Uh, my son lives in Melbourne and when he got there he said um, sent me an email with this picture of this large Triple Lily Pot Library. It was called Little Free Library. And he just said, Look at this, Mum, it's fantastic. And I just looked at it and thought, I can do that. Um, wanted it on a smaller scale. So I had a look around, and there's quite a lot in America called Little Free Libraries. And I thought that scale would suit um, Dunedin better. Mm. So I tried to do some fundraising and convincing people this is what would be good for Dunedin. Well, you have had some people jump on board with. Uh making this dream a reality, as it were. Mm. Um, how and where are they constructed? Um, the first lot were constructed by Cargill's Enterprises. I had funding and they um, made them up for me, which is brilliant. Then um, the next lot, uh, I'm actually going out this afternoon to see the guys at Torrey Bloke Shed. They're making me 10. And then the third lot are going to be made by the um, inmates at Tiger Corrections Facility. Um, the guys in the joinery department have to make for one of their courses a box with hinges and a lid. Right. And this uh, is perfect. That's exactly what and they are. slightly more interesting than just a box. Well, indeed, hinges. indeed. Um, and so how many are actually out in the community at the moment, Ruth? There's 10 operating. 10 all, yep. over, all over the city? Yep. Um, I've got them in Anderson's Bay, I've got them in South Dunedin, Aramwana, Belnells, Broad Bay, Middlemarch, Golden Ave. So how do you go about selecting those locations? Um, basically, people heard about it, or in the very early stages, I just kind of went overboard to anyone I met and told them about it. Um, there was a guy coming, putting a new footpath for us at home, and I was raving to him about it, so he's got one now. I think he's still trying to figure out how he got it. Right, so these are just on private properties, yep. on the fence lines, yep. where people are walking by the street, and yep. they go, oh, oh, there's a Lilliput Library. Yep. <laughs> Wonderful idea. <laughs> um and look, they're little works of art as well, because they have been rather wonderfully decorated. Tell us about that. Um, well, I thought rather than just paint them, let's do something interesting. So I was talking to a neighbour. It's become a very much Hunt Street thing. One neighbour's got, got ours on his fence because um, we've got a hedge and it doesn't really suit sitting in hedges. So I was talking to another neighbour who's an artist and said, oh, what am I going to do about this? And she said, I'll do one. Well, one developed into three. Now she's got her son, Jed, um, making painting another one 
Then I um, approached different people who have been involved in the Poems in the Waiting Room exhibitions and said, anyone interested? And that's just how it happened. Lots of people stepped forward. Yeah. The thing is that um, First Artist did such a fantastic job that it kind of made a benchmark and all the others are trying to, not trying, they're succeeding in keeping up that standard. Well, what a wonderful thing to do, to, to, to keep... Um Thinking of them not only as a very useful resource, but as a as a beautiful object as well in our yeah. community. So, just remind us how they're stocked. I mean, at the moment, did you kind of start with? Uh, I suppose everybody's got um, at one time or another books that they need to pass on, and many of them, of course, go to things like the Regent Book Sale and places like that. But yeah. um, you're happy for people just to to, to stock uh, those libraries with their own contributions at yep. any time? Yep. Um, Resine sponsor us for all our paint for the artists and also they've, we've got a big blue bin at the Resine shop in Crawford Street and people are filling that up. It's a donation bin for lily pots. That's a great idea. I'm going about every second day and emptying it. Is that right? Yeah, I can't believe it. <laughs> Dunedin people have just been fantastic. <laughs> and, I mean, what would you say about what you would expect to see in terms of the, the kind of content? Are you happy for anything to go in there? Um, yeah, anything. I can say anything, yes, but I'm not really keen. Like, they're little libraries, so we can't get too specific. Um, I preferred not to have religious books. Someone's quite keen on putting a few religious tomes into them, and that's... Yeah. You know, I mean, that's okay if it's your interest, but I think with little libraries, you've got to be aimed for a more general audience. Yeah. Okay. So the top shelf of the libraries, we're um, putting in children's picture books and children's books, and then the bottom shelf is fiction and non-fiction. Have you had any feedback from users yet, Ruth? Oh, yes. <laughs> when I was in my garden the other day, I heard a woman coming up the road, so I introduced myself, and she just said, I said to my son, we're going for a walk. And then he says, we two-year-old, and he went, oh, and she said, but we'll go to Lilliput Library, and she said he was in the buggy telling her to get going. Is that right? <laughs> well, of course, I mean, another great thing to encourage reading in, in the young as well. Mm. Um, any concerns that this must, might grow kind of faster than you're able to kind of deal with it? I, I imagine It has. Be, yeah. It has. This <laughs> over the weekend, I've had so many um, emails and messages on Facebook. People have seen the pictures, because every time we get a new one, we put it up on Facebook. Um, and I've had to tell people now, I'm sorry, like I'll put you on a waiting list, but I've got 40 people for 40 libraries. I've only got funding for 30 at the moment, so that's my next aim is to get some more funding. Yeah. Um, I thought 40 would be absolutely fantastic for Dunedin, but Dunedin people seem to have really taken to it. You're going to end up with more than that, Yeah. Ruth. I actually had an um, email from somebody in Australia saying how can they get onto it, so... I've sent my, um, the building plan over to this woman so she can build one. It's a very appropriate kind of look for Dunedin as a city of literature. Yeah. That's yeah. good, isn't it? And I imagine, I mean, this is, there's been variations on the theme of this kind of thing actually for a lot of years now, but um, it seems that this one, this idea's really taken off. Just in terms of, you know, the construction of these things, um, clearly they've got to be robust enough to mm-hmm. be able to protect the books. Um I mean, I suppose another alternative for people who might just think, oh, well, I'll just do it myself. I'll knock it up in the back shed. Any views on um, that? Couldn't do. Like, my big thing is it's got to be waterproof. Yeah. Dunedin was windy and the rain comes in from every direction and there's no point having these lovely boxy and coming out in the morning and finding these soggy or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, waterproof is a big thing. And um, we've got Perspex windows so people can see as, as, you know, as you're walking by, you can actually see in. So it's kind of not that frightening as to what's in this wee box. Um, is, are you publishing like a, a, an updating a map of locations? Mm. I've, once I've got my 40, then I'm going to do, I've got a friend who's really keen to do a map so you can do a hunt the lily pot trail. What a great idea. Mm. 
I suppose the other thing is too, if you just happen to get out and about and and do your walks and things like that, you're going to come across one yeah. of these eventually, especially <laughs> if it's going to be 40, 50 or more of them yeah. across the city. So this is um, uh, kind of a sub-project of the Poems in Waiting Rooms that's project. Right. Just yep. remind our yep. listeners what that's about. Um, poems in the Waiting Room are little free poetry cards that I put out in hospices, rest homes, prisons and medical waiting rooms. I put them out every season and people can just go and read the cards. They have about eight to ten poems in them from uh, poets all over the world and they can leave them in the medical waiting room or they can take them home to share and that's still going strong. We do 8,000 cards every season. I think when you and I first spoke about this, it might have been three or four years ago. Um, have been 500 probably or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. And again, that's just, I mean, what's the thinking there? That it's because those spaces are not necessarily the most welcoming spaces? Yeah, um, or? It's not that they're not welcoming. Sometimes people are a bit nervous or uptight when you're going for an appointment. And mm. if they can just take a wee bit of time out, and not necessarily having to read a magazine about, you know, Botox or who's left who. Um, I think it might just relax relax people a little bit or just take them away from this worry about perhaps what's upcoming in the appointment. And what, they're, they're actually on, printed on card, so yep, you've got costs and things associated with yep, that. How do you make that work? I'm, I, <laughs> when I'm not at work, I tend to spend most of my time fundraising, looking for funds. Yeah. Creative New Zealand have been very good supporting me. Yeah. Are they was just talking about the Trust Power Community Awards um, before, Ruth. Sounds like you deserve another nomination this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go and fill it in myself. <laughs> well, it's a brilliant idea. How can people find out more uh, about um, Palms and Waiting Rooms um, and about the Lilliput Libraries? Well, um, both of them have got Facebook sites and I've got blogs for both of them. I, um, I think the blogs, people don't read them so much now, so I'm pretty... Um, Post a lot on Facebook just to keep people up to date with what's happening. Lilliput Libraries, they'll find them just putting that into Facebook. Lilliput Libraries on Facebook and Poems in the Waiting Room. Great initiative. Really Thank looking you. forward. We were talking before about Dunedin Community House maybe being a place where, you, where one of these things could be oh. located. What do you think? We'll have a chat about that. Yeah, right, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth uh, Arneson, thank you for joining us on the Awesome Pleasure. Morning Show. This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.